Loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired to create a deeper life to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I'm your host, Cheryl Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. Today, I'm welcoming Carmen Hartono, traveling between El Salvador in Central America and San Francisco in California. First-time author Carmen grew up bilingual and bicultural. She's lived in the San Francisco Bay Area most of her adult life. She sees her vocation to her home as a building block for the local community, leading to a national movement to create a new global existence. Her education began with a fascination with nuclear physics in elementary school that eventually led to the study of engineering. Her understanding of social engineering led to interests in psychology, philosophy, and theology. She holds a BA in, in liberal studies and an MA in culture and spirituality. And one, one of the things we'll be talking about today is her book, Chronicles of a Catholic Housewife, 40 Years Towards the Promised Land. Welcome, Carmen. Hello. Thank Hi. you for having me. My pleasure. Uh, I I feel I should start by uh, saying how we met because um, I was not uh, that day expecting to meet a guest. We're both graduates of Mills College in Oakland. Um, I I really respect the education that I got there. I, I keep seeing things that affect my work now all these decades later that came from that. But we were both reading in a... Uh, Mills alumni um, book reading, and uh, I think that's a lovely way to meet a guest. <laughs> so <laughs> it, was, uh, it was really, really uh, one of those what I would call God incidences. You know, that's one uh-huh. of the chapters in my book. Absolutely, absolutely, and of course, I, you're the only author I spoke at any great length with, and you had such a relevant story. Um, We'll just tell the listeners off off the bat that part of what made your book appropriate for this show is is your son's death at thirteen. So I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about that and how that affected affected you. Um, but I wanted to start with actually the title of your book, Chronicles of a Catholic Housewife, uh, because people could make all kinds of different things of that. Um, I'll tell you what I kind of um, uh, felt it as, especially after reading the book, a kind of claiming, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I feel there's a little too much uh, emphasis on making, when we have choices, on making certain choices and judging other choices. And so I kind of enjoyed you being very forthright in in what your life looks like and and what you like to talk with people about. So um, I don't know if you were thinking about that when you chose the title. Oh, I, I was very much, and I like the word claiming. You know, that is what I found out. And it's interesting, when I was at Mills, the reason I ended up at Mills is because I had studied nuclear physics and all these um, science and, 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 and math 
and my husband is an engineer, and I thought to myself, what kind of a family <laughs> are, are we going to produce as I really realized that I needed humanities and Mills was just amazing for, uh. for providing, you know, for giving me an education in the humanities. And and I and that's became my career. Everything I have done has been thinking about what's good for my children, what's good for my marriage, et cetera, et cetera. Then, you know, I finally realized that's my career is, is just being a housewife. Uh-huh. But of a particular uh Flavor, I guess, uh, in the sense that um, you're th- you're definitely a thinker. Uh, you're you're definitely involved in the community in very active ways. I I guess I don't know if you apply this term to yourself, but I would I would use the term social activist, um, peace warrior. <laughs> you know, um, I like peace warrior. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so uh, it is a very a very worldly kind of housewifery, isn't it? That you that you are um, a part of. Oh, absolutely. And and the term housewife is obviously just for myself. It's very me. But at the same time, it's a very universal experience. Uh, almost, you know, there's so many, 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 many women throughout the world, different languages, different cultures, different religions, different everything. And yet... You know, their main focus is their children, you know, their, their, their spouses, uh, et cetera, et cetera, their home. And so the, the, the home becomes uh, both the, the, the building block of, of our, you know, social structure um, in every little community. And then these communities kind of unite with things that are commonalities. And and the housewife is definitely a commonality that that transcends um, cultural divides. Uh, you know, I was I was uh, thinking about this. I, I guess it's a something that Rilke said, uh, which is um, relationship of the work is the work of a lifetime for which all other work is but preparation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think your book exemplifies that because it's it's not a uh, Cinderella story, you know, where you meet the prince and then and happily after ever after woohoo, right? Um, it, no. you're, you're, you really um, create a picture of a real family with its real struggles and losses and uh, ups and downs and. Um, that was kind of refreshing because I think there is a sort of uh, some writers I know call it HEA. They've even abbreviated it happily ever after, you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, could you, could you talk some about just uh, let's start with your marriage because I think there definitely have been uh, losses and gains along the line in your marriage. And Mm -hmm. I, I I think it's so, um, it's actually sort of encouraging to see people grappling. Uh, I, maybe that's just me, but I like to uh, feel a part of the human family of strugglers. Um, <laughs> yes, well, yes, we are. <laughs> so could you talk some about just the, the intricacies of your marriage and what that created um, between you and a uh, little bit of, about that? 
Well, it, it was really interesting that you're bringing that up because uh, marriage in itself is actually a loss, and we don't think of it that way. And that's what this book is about, is 40 years after leaving Egypt. Now, Egypt, uh, well, my Egypt, my personal Egypt, and you know, 40 years toward the Promised Land is, is the Exodus uh, that we read about in the Torah. And, uh, and, and so it is about a four-year marriage, you know, after I decided to leave Egypt. And th- so obviously, you know, you, you want to go back. You know, you had it so comfortable <laughs> there. Mom and dad took care of everything, and you didn't have a care in the world, and all of a sudden you've got bills to pay, and, and all things. Growing up is not fun. And, uh, you know, yes, it, I mean, there was obviously romance and lots of vacations and lots of fun things to do. But the main, the daily grind is just not fun. And I remember when we did have our loss, when uh, we lost Nick, uh, all of us went to different uh, support groups. And my teenager at that time went to a teenage support group, and the parents went to a different group. group and then we shared after, you know, what we had experienced. And I had, you know, they, they asked us to list different losses, you know, when you lost your a grandparent, et cetera, et cetera. And so I listed, I listed my first loss as getting married. <laughs> And then I, went I, on to I other think losses. that's a very a very wise comment. Uh, actually, yeah, and, and I daughter, appreciate it because you yeah, do. And my have daughter to, was so yeah. funny because she looked at that and she, teenager, had this happily ever after image idea of marriage, and it was her first insight to look at her mom and look at this. You know, come on, that can't be true. It can't be, you know, the death of of it of something, but it was. When my daughter got married, it definitely was the death of a of a, not a relationship per se, but yes, in a way. You know, she was no longer our baby. She and I and I wrote in the book in the last chapter of letting go of Erica, you know, our oldest daughter, and uh, you know, I, at that point, I can't remember. I think it was the therapist who was leading that session was the one who who said marriage could be, you know, could be one of the losses you have. And, and she pointed out that women often wear a veil, you know, because, uh, you know, when you're mourning, <laughs> you mm. want to cover your face yeah. and all of that. And, and you know, and, and, and I picked it up really quick. Yeah, I put marriage because it definitely was uh, a transition. It's a loss of an old way of living, and you're mm. kind of pioneering, and, and it's exciting and fun, but, uh, but it's scary. And, it's, and, and it is something new, a new life. Well, and also, uh, you, you know, you, you got married very young, uh, I would say. Would you agree with that characterization? Oh, my poor family, you have no idea. <laughs> it wasn't until my daughter turned 17 that I'm there like, oh, my gosh, what did I do to my poor family? Yeah, <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Way and, too young. and Way so, too young. you know, maybe not, uh, I mean, at 17, I, I certainly thought I had a ton of wisdom about relating <laughs> to people, but I actually had very little uh, mm-hmm. actual wisdom about how to conduct a relationship and, and um, caretake it. And, and so I suppose we could say one miracle in your life is still being married to the same person. Could we say that? Uh, it, it is um, it is miraculous, uh, really, but it's mostly me listening to what God had in in, in my mind, and that it, that it, I mean, what He had in 
you know, plan for me, for me, because because I was your typical seventeen year old. Oh yes, I know what I'm doing, and you know, I did this. Uh, traditionally, in, in the Catholic faith, uh, you're not supposed to just jump into marriage like that. You have to go through all this preparation and, and this. I could have literally, even after having three children, I could have had that marriage annulled because I was so unprepared. Uh, and so that's our tradition. So I was constantly asking, you know, praying, if you will, uh, am I, is this what God wants for me? So, so that's been the 40-year struggle until I finally, you know, <laughs> I'm getting toward the promise that after 40 years, it's like, okay, it seems like... Uh, <laughs> well, because, enough, so. because you have, in some ways, I would say your marriage has been pretty, pretty untraditional in the sense that your husband was... Um, you know, away from home a lot for his work and then by choice, you know, you've had a lot of geographic separation. Um, mm-hmm. And so I I sort of felt you as maybe a bit, uh, you needed a certain amount of stubbornness too, yes? Stubbornness? Uh, well, determination. Uh, determination. Determination is a better, is a better well, word. Uh, we're both Aquarians. Uh, we're both, we're, you know, and we're both very independent so we both need our space. And now that he's retired, that's when we <laughs> that's when we called up our, our therapist. You know, we have this wonderful priest friend who's a therapist. And <laughs> and I said, you know, we're going to have to actually live together now. And uh, that's going to be hard. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, yeah. So it, it was his retirement that, uh, you know, it was after he retired that we actually had to live together, uh, you know, geographically. So, yeah, that distance kind of, you know, going back again to the happily ever after, you know, you you can imagine these wonderful things, you know, at the end of that separation. And and so that, that kind of kept it exciting. Uh, you know, so the separations were actually actually good. And But the main thing is that each one of us was able to go back to themselves and grow up on their own. We weren't growing off of the other. Uh, and, and, yeah, it, we needed that space, I think. So that was important, especially because I got married too young. Yeah, I'm thinking about my grandmother and grandfather. When my grandfather retired, my grandmother confessed to my mother that if he didn't get a part-time job, she was going to have to divorce him. (laughs) I think they'd been married over 50 years at that point. But it was just too much togetherness. uh, It's a big change. It's a big, big change. Yes, yeah, especially when, if they've been, you know, if they would take off for long periods of time. Right. And mm-hmm. so uh, along the line here, uh, you have children. Yes. And, um, of course, that, I, I was, you didn't talk really about this, but um, to have children that you're, that you're nourishing and uh, a spouse who is away a lot is a particular challenge, uh, I guess. On the other hand, you have the freedom to make the decisions about how how things are going to go. Uh, yeah, but how yeah. how was that part for you? Uh, you know, kind of having long periods of time where you the, where you were the only parent. 
Well, I, I got that strength from my mom because my mom was a single parent, you know, permanently because uh, my father stayed in El Salvador and then my mom and I came here alone, uh, just the two of us. Um, I was five years old at that time. So, so I, you know, for me, mom was, was all the parent I had. I would go back to El Salvador to visit my dad uh, for a week or two uh, sometimes. Uh, but uh, but not uh, you know my relationship with my dad was very long distance so um, so yeah my mom made all the decisions for herself she was very independent and uh, and so I needed to be able to do that myself to make my own decisions particularly because my husband was so anti-Catholicism and um, and I grew up as a Catholic I grew up uh, you know you know for that being part of everyday life and so I you know I and kind of didn't like his attitude that much, and so it was nice for me to have that time alone where I could do sort of my thing and raise my children the way I thought they should be raised. And and so was uh, was he uh, uh, relatively at peace with uh, with you since he was not religious. Uh, was he relatively at peace with with your desire to bring that into things? No, no, that was the main main conflict in in our marriage. Is is that uh, at first, you know, I was I sort of did my own thing, you know, and I I was I'm not. This is hindsight, you know, twenty twenty. You know, many years later, I can see this happening. Is that I was I was spiritually free while he was gone. And then I didn't mind, you know, just being more materialistic and just, you know, doing what he likes to do when he's home. Yeah. Um, and, and so there were, I was almost leading like this double life. And, and that was okay until you actually have to live together. And I'm definitely not going to give that up uh, 24-7, you know, for the rest of my life. And, and, and that's where the conflict came up is that I, you know, I said, you know, this is a non-negotiable, non-negotiable. Um, we have to, you have to accept the fact that this is who I am and uh, you have to support it. And that's all there is to it. And, and so that became the biggest conflict. Uh, it's interesting because I, I don't I don't have a traditional religious um, tradi- you know I'm, I'm not traditional religiously, but I do have a, a, a personal tradition, you know, a personal spirituality and viewpoint. And it's one of the first conversations I ever had with my now wife uh, was what our spiritual outlook was. Hmm. And um, it was it was critically important, maybe because it had been so important with my first wife who who died, but that time when she was ill was so spiritually alive. I knew I could, you know, similar to what you're saying, I couldn't do without that. Yeah. If if there was not some commonality, it didn't have to be identical, but if there exactly. was not some sense of, uh, if she didn't have hers. It wasn't mm-hmm. going to work, is what I felt. So yes. you sort of mm-hmm. had to discover that a lot along the line, huh? Well, I think yes, and but I think what eventually developed, and that's how we, you know, we reconciled this problem, is is that we, I found out, I should say, I'll speak for myself, I, I finally recognized uh, that we do have a commonality in the sense that 
he just basically has a different language. And and in the mm-hmm. book I write about our in our family we have the Judaic, uh, Islam, and Christianity. We have those three monolithic uh, religions, you know, and and obviously they're very very different. But there is a commonality between the three, and so, so once I started recognizing and and naming, because uh, I like what you you said there about naming Catholic housewife, naming his spirituality, even though he was denying it, he he definitely is very very spiritual. And a priest friend of mine that's also in the book, anyway, he was the first one to point out that that John is very spiritual, and and he is. Um, uh, it's just not something we really. You know, really talked about mm-hmm. I, I feel as if this is really important and it's time for a break so let's pick okay. that up when we come back and Alrighty. and listeners listeners uh, you can find us both during the break uh, by going to the good grief page at voice America uh, or my website weatherandgrief.com and to find Carmen Hartano's book Chronicles of a Catholic Housewife 40 Years Toward the Promised Land just ask for it in your local bookstores that's a great thing to do to ask for a book in a small bookstore and get them generating uh, ordering it so uh, we'll be back soon mm-hmm. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Today's woman faces a stressful world when it comes to staying healthy. We are bombarded by media messages with contradicting ideas about fitness and nutrition. We need to keep our diet, relationships, and stress in check. It's time to get the right message and have the most fun. Join hosts Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus for Healthy View Radio. It's health and happiness in one show every Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. 
To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. This is your host, Cheryl Jones, and I've been talking with Carmen Hortono about her book, Chronicles of a Catholic Housewife. And before the break, Carmen, uh, I felt we were kind of uh, moving into uh, one thing that really stood out in your book, which is the um, capacity to deepen, continue to deepen your own religion, your your relationship to God and your religion, while also um, being very interfaith in the sense that not everyone in your family has the same practices or, um, you know, married within that faith, including you. And even what you do in the world seems very um, uh, attuned to the different traditions that people have. I just wondered if you could talk, and of course, in your marriage, uh, from different countries, from different religious backgrounds, uh, it seems like such a critical time to talk about relating across differences. Um, you know, it, yes, it is a very critical time, and I'm glad you, you brought it there because it is important to talk about this during right now, especially today. Today is uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, you know, La Virgen de Guadalupe. Today is her feast day, December 12th. Almost 500 years ago, she appeared to St. Juan Diego, an indigenous uh, man uh, in in Mexico, a little tribe in Mexico there, and uh, she gave you know, she gave him the order, really, but she asked very nicely for him to go to the bishop and ask him to build a a, a, a chapel, a, a church there where she had appeared. And he said, I can't do that. You know, who's going to listen to an Indian and all of that? Anyway, the beautiful little story how finally he got the courage to go and the miracles that followed afterwards. But, uh, but the reason I bring that up is because... You know, the indigenous in the Americas has been a 500-year history of, of accepting a, do, a new faith and at the same time maintaining who they are with their mm. indigenous, um, you know, traditions, etc., Right. philosophies. So, so it's been an, an interesting uh, marriage for, for 500 years. Uh, and being from El Salvador myself and the Maya culture that I come from and what that means, and that's going back again to Chronicles of a Catholic Housewife, the Chronicles is important uh, because that's what I do. That 40-year Chronicles Time is a very important thing, and and good grief our our, our theme here. Uh, you know they have a say. We have a saying that time will heal. You know will heal uh, our pain, and and I always you know at that point you know I, you know when you're going through something horrible you don't want to you know hear that, but in reality if you do take those steps you know in that forty year journey or or in the grieving process. If you do take those steps, time does heal. You do have to take the time to do it. So time is, is really, really important. And so that, that's the chronicle aspect of the book, but put that into a 500-year five, journey that the indigenous have had in this, in this 
you know, in this continent. So, so with that in mind, is we come to today, you know, celebrating La Virgen de Guadalupe, you know, this apparition that happened in you know, almost 500 years ago, and what, you know, who we are as Americans. Um, and, uh, you know, and by Americans, I'm, I'm talking about North Americans, South Americans, you know, all Americans, and mm, to get yes. over this idea that America... <laughs> Stops in Mexico. <laughs> I have to laugh. Indeed. I when, yeah, yeah. I remember when my mother, you know, when we first came to the U.S., you know, the question at that time was, are you an American citizen? And my mother put yes, because Central America <laughs> is in America. And, and she said that after that, they finally started changing the forms, you know, are you a U.S. citizen? Because, uh, you know, anybody that comes from, you know, Mexico, yeah, that's an American. <laughs> you know, absolutely. So. Well, yeah. and there's even, you know, Baja California. Uh, mm-hmm. So <laughs> even our state, you know, uh, continues yeah, in know. name beyond the, New beyond New the Mexico, boundary. You know, Texas. You know, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> yeah, certainly the, the um, Native American people that I know uh, feel, feel a lot of pain about, speaking of loss, about that separation. My, my wife is New Mexican and uh, and native and Spanish. Uh, so they were in this country before, you know, before Europeans. <laughs> um, but uh, there there's a sense that there used to be a continuous a continuous uh, place of living that now is is cut in half. Uh, that Mexico and New Mexico were not different places at one time. Yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. So yeah. I, I, that's, I, I feel that sort of acutely because of talking with all my friends about that. Well, of um, course, of course, yes. No, it's, it's, um, I have a, a girlfriend, you know, uh, and she, she always says, you know, and a lot of people say this, my family, my family did not, my ancestors did not cross the border. The border crossed us. And and that's especially the pe- people that are right along the border. You know, they have an aunt and uncle on one side of the border. And, Absolutely. And, you know, and it's, it's the Berlin Wall, really. And that's what, um, well, I, I was don't just get thinking politics, that. But, yeah, yeah, it is. And it so then when, um, you know, when we managed to have lives, um, I'm thinking of a story when my my mother almost died a couple of years before she died. She had a terrible hemorrhage experience. She should have died, and she didn't. And I'm in a choir called the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir. Maybe you've heard of us. Oh, We're my right. goodness. I love that choir. I hear them all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, I'm in that choir, and I, I immediately I called someone. You, familiar. you know, Now I know why. I've probably seen you sing many times. <laughs> Could be. But... Um, I, I'm not one that usually, you know, calls the, the the choir for prayers, but I was at a real extremity and I called and asked for everyone to pray. And she survived, at which, uh, you know, she had people coming from all over the hospital to see this woman that shouldn't have made it, right? Um, and so what came to my mind immediately was, uh, you know, God saw everybody, because we're so interfaith, as you know, if you've heard us, uh, right. God saw God saw everybody together and said, my people are together, give them what they want, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because, <laughs> yes, um, 
it's that sense of um, it's good to remember that story and that feeling of, and then she had always been someone who didn't really, she was a devout Christian, very deeply Christian person, but she wasn't sure about prayer actually making things happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was more a way to be with God. And right. and after that, she said, I'm going to have to revise my thinking. She actually yes. felt people praying for her. Uh, so, you know, it's 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 quite it was quite a radical moment for me, that experience. Uh, and mm-hmm. so that brings me around to, uh, you know, both you and I are trying to do that in our marriages to mm-hmm. be uh, together with people from very different backgrounds and traditions. And um, it's got its complications, huh? And its beauties. It's got its beauty, and I always say, you know, opposites attract, you know, and uh, and that 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 there is an attraction to something, you know, different, and and you know, almost exotic, you know, um, yeah. I mean, because uh, my husband's from Indonesia, and Indonesia is a very beautiful, exotic, you know, country and culture and language and everything about it. So, so I definitely, you know, got attracted by by something so different and foreign. So the th- the same things that attract us are are usually the problem areas as well, right? <laughs> you know, where there's because well, there's you know, difference it, in friction. Things get lost in the translation, sometimes. which becomes problematic. You know, so there's a lot of room for misunderstanding. So that's where you know the uh, well, one of those powers, you know, to unite us. You know, is the relationship building, all of that is is work. It definitely takes a lot of work to to clarify those misunderstandings, to take the sure. time, you know, to mutually agree, okay, you know, obviously we're not understanding each other here. And I like the word understand because you, you literally are standing under, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that person. So you have to uphold that person. You have to hold that other person, someone that you don't, you know, you don't understand or you don't agree with maybe. Uh, you literally have to hold them up. And so it's that respect of, okay, I, I can see how this is important to you. I can see your point of view. I've actually stepped over my boundary here, walked over to be under you and hold you up in, your, in what you see. And that mm-hmm. is, uh, that's quite a, a, a journey. I'm thinking about, you know, the loss, the loss of sudden and traumatic loss of your son. Mm-hmm. And the way in which it felt to me as if actually in the, the you know, when he actually died, there was a sense of, of real bond and coming together. Uh, but, but then I wondered whether that, you know, there was a time coming apart after that. I wondered if that related to grief because, um, that's another way to be different, isn't it? How how do two different people grieve? And I know you you grieved in a particularly, um, you know, it sent you deeper into your into your religion, um, right. and he went a, another direction. It it mm-hmm. seemed, uh, and so I I wondered how much uh, what what you would say about how that loss and grief impacted your relationship in both in both ways tearing apart and putting together 
Yes, yes. Yeah, that, that's a, a really good good observation that I hadn't thought about until now, that there is that moment, that moment when we literally embraced each other and I you know, to this day we feel that, that was the most that's the closest we've ever been because mm-hmm. we literally were together, you know, at the conception of Nick and we were together as he left the planet. And so to have been together those two moments uh, it was very intimate and 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 you know talk about commonality I mean we were both weeping together at that moment but we can't stay there in that weeping moment we obviously had to go into the grieving process which is very very different and um, and yeah and he he had to do it his own way. You know, that going back again to the Exodus and leaving Egypt, I mean, that was our Egypt at that point in time. We had this beautiful boy. I mean, my gosh, you know, I mean, what joy we had. Everything was just so wonderful. And all of a sudden, we're not, no longer there. And we're out in the desert. And yes. so each one of us had our, our own spiritual journey to go through. And, and, and with him, uh, yeah, I think more with him than with myself. And I've seen, you know, I'm a little, might be projecting, I'm not quite sure. But I think <laughs> he, he would be, when he saw me, it would only remind him of the loss. And, and that made him angry. Um, I, I think, um, you know, he, he kind of, his journey had to do a lot with going away, kind of forgetting about it, looking for fun things, not fun things to do in per se, but, but enjoyable, bringing joy to his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he was looking for, is kind of that type of relief. And then, you know, here I am wanting to talk about Nick or, or lighting a candle for Nick or, or doing something for Nick and then reminding him that Nick is not there. So, so that was well, definitely yeah. a conflict. Well, and, and the other thing that, that occurred to me is... Um, uh, you know, some of us, I, I would count myself in this group, in, in loss, I want to come closer. And um, sometimes, uh, you know, my wife has more of a tendency to want to go inward. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she needs to do it more on her own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so n- kind of navigating that difference and... Uh, getting enough for each, you know, she, and she'll respecting each other and respecting each other. Exactly. It's, it's a very deep thing to, to, um, to find your way with, isn't it? Mm-hmm. it? It really is. It really is. Because even though he kind of wanted to get away from it all, obviously he also wanted to be with me. And so there's that conflict within, you know, himself and, right. and likewise, myself too. Um, you know, I wanted him to, to, to kind of understand my journey and be with me on my journey as well. But at the same time, it's my individual journey, and he obviously is not. It's not his. He doesn't get it. And and so there is. Um, it's a real learning process to see. Okay, now I understand why you wanted to do it this way. Uh, Looking that, back on a, it. Yeah, hindsight. Hindsight is great, isn't it? <laughs> it's time for our second <laughs> break already. But but let's let's uh, 
you know, there. I, I feel that's pretty complete. What I want to talk about when we come back is the work that 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 loss has led you to in your life. I don't know if you'd think of it that way, but I kind of do. Uh, your life is is uh, very different than I, I imagine it before. You're not that different, but the things you do around peace, around interfaith, around um, your Catholicism are pretty different. So let's talk about that when we get back. And right. And listeners... Again, you can go to the Good Grief page at Voice America. I just want to remind you, I have a novel that came out in September, and there is a link to to buy that on my page. And you can find Carmen uh, by asking for her book, Chronicles of a Catholic Housewife, 40 Years Towards the Promised Land, in your local bookstore. Back after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Ready to transform your health and your world? Join host Melissa Alexander for Insight Living with Vitality. Melissa and her guests go behind the scenes on what it takes for practitioners and clients to transform themselves and others. She provides insight to medical procedural breakthroughs, available product resources, and explains lifestyle choices designed to improve and expand your vitality. It's time to get rid of that baggage, remove those blockages, and prevent buildup from hindering your progress in life. Tune in every month. Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent, inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand. All from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. 
To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Carmen Hartano, and we've been talking about her book, Chronicles of a a Catholic Housewife, 40 Years Toward the Promised Land. And uh, before the break, I mentioned I really want to talk about uh, what it felt to me as if certainly when Nick died and you were grieving him, uh, you, how do I want to put it, you fell into your faith more deeply um and and really embraced it um you know the post traumatic growth uh the people that study post traumatic growth i don't know if you've ever heard that but one of the things that um people report to them changes often very much in after trauma of whatever sort and grief is a trauma of a type is mm-hmm. the spiritual dimension and um, so I wonder if you could talk about that and then what it led to, because it seems such a central part of your life now and what came about after after uh, he died. Right, right. You know, the, um, yeah, definitely that loss is, the book that I wrote is seven chapters, so it's Three chapters covers the first 20 years of, you know, Chronicles, the first 20 years. And then the last three chapters, five, five uh, you know, Chronicles 5, 6, 7, Chronicles the last 20 years. So those 40 years are chronicled in six of the seven chapters. Chapter four, the middle chapter, only covers a couple of days. Is the days, um, you know, when when the, that tragedy hit us. So, with that being said, it, it was a turning point. And and going back again to the idea of the exodus, I have a belief that through the first twenty years, uh, the mind somehow can still go back, and the heart and spirit can still go back to Egypt and keep those old ways. Uh, somehow they can. But once many years have passed and a new generation has come in and you're seeing children that didn't know Egypt and, and, and they're so free and loving and beautiful, you, you have to go forward to the promised land. You can't go back to Egypt and bring those poor little children back to the old ways. So, so with that being said, the middle chapter is called Joy Amidst Sorrow, Good Grief. And, uh, and with that, Joy is is our daughter, is our the youngest daughter who really pulled me forward. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have been able to get out. Really, I would have gone into such a deep depression. I know I would not have been able to get out. But because of her, uh, I had to, you know, or put it this way, I forced myself, you know, to get out of my. She depression. was she was enough. She was enough motivation for you. Enough Could we put it that way? 
Well, yes, but, you know, going back again to this housewife uh, syndrome <laughs> that I suffer from, you know, that, yeah. that that is my, that is who I am. You know, it's just a caretaker thinking about others. And my little baby, I mean, she was six years old, you know, she just became the focal point uh, of my life at that point uh, that I, you know, what I was suffering, I could only imagine what she was going through and helping her you know, go through it. And interestingly, she <laughs> she wanted to receive her first Holy Communion right after, you know, normally age seven is when we start preparing to receive her communion. And so she wanted to do that. She was, you know, going to Mass and she was lighting candles and she was the one doing all these things. And I remember very well one time, you know, after Mass, you know, we did all the usual things and uh, and she wanted to go up to the Blessed Mother and light her candle. And and as she was there saying her little prayer or what have you, I said, okay, okay, come on, let's go. It's time. It's late. And this other woman said to her, said to me, Behela, let her be. You know, and I thought to myself, what kind of awful person am I? <laughs> you know, her <laughs> and my poor child as she, as she's having her moment, you know, of prayer. And, and so she would, you know, lead me to a point of, okay, this is important. Just lighting this candle and sitting and kneeling and praying is important. And so, so it, it, it was her really, you know, that's why I named that, that middle chapter Joy of Miss Sorrow, mm. because her middle name is Joy. And, uh, and, and that joy that I had to focus on, which is her, but also her spirituality, which was so innocent and so beautiful at that time. And so, yeah, it became first, you know, being the scientist in me was just plain curious, what's this all about? And and then just getting confirmation you know, through little miracles that I eventually, the next chapter is called, uh, you know, coincidence or God incidence. Uh, mm. Because after a while, you start thinking, wait a minute, this is not a coincidence anymore because these, you know, these things were little, were almost supernatural. That was familiar to me. Yeah, so yeah. she, you know, um, it, it seems to me that when, that in deep grief, if we can, if uh, often the, the, the thinking part gets a lot less active and uh, you kind of do what feels right maybe a little bit more. And so she, I, I, I know what you're saying. She kind of led you to it, but then it started feeling good to you to be there and do those things. Uh, so that part was all you, yes? Uh, absolutely, you know, and there, you know, with that being said, you know, she obviously did not stay six uh, forever, you know, uh, right. she grew up and so I had to let her go and let her go on her journey. And so I only had to be present for her for an X amount of time until, you know, she herself felt, okay, I'm ready to, 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 to go on my own. So I had definitely had to respect that. And at that point in time, yes, it became my own choice. Do I want to continue with that spirituality for myself? Uh, or or um, or go back to you know the, was this only a little project you know for Stephanie for my youngest and and the answer was you know once you once you once you have a relationship with God <laughs> there's no turning back and that's that's uh, what I found um, in after you know, after well, the loss I, it it wasn't a uh, 
a big loud scream in the book, but I also felt as if um, certain aspects of of the things you've done since uh, as a Catholic person interested in interdenominational conversation, um, it felt to me like some aspects of that were in Nick's honor. Is that the way you experience it, or was I adding that? No, 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 no. That's absolutely right. There there were, you know, and that's a very good point, is that not only was I worried about Stephanie, but more importantly, and you're absolutely right, I was worried about Nick. All these questions popped up. Is there life after death? Where is Nick? You know, is his spirit still alive? All of these questions came up, and the mother and me would not let go of that. I needed to know. I needed to know where he was and, and all that. And at first, it was just in his honor, in his memory, you know, doing things that he would want me to do, just in his memory. At first, it became his memory, but eventually, just like my relationship with Stephanie, my daughter, eventually, it became, I, I started owning it myself and started, came to the realization, and duh, you know, it's like the kids obviously got it for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was something that they got it's for reciprocal, me. It's a reciprocal relationship. Huh? Exactly. It goes, you know, it's like, where did they come from? Oh, me, yes. Oh, you know. So they, they, they got it for me, and, and it was just kind of an awakening for me that, yes, they actually got it for me, and I don't need them to be present in my life for me to continue this spiritual journey that was, was kind of latent there, was there all along, but, I, but it kind of got awakened by my children. Well, also, uh, I got the impression that at the beginning of your marriage, you kind of, uh, you know, one thing that people do with difference is try to keep it quiet. Uh, Instead of being our whole selves, we kind of try to not make it show quite so much. Uh, uh, And, of course, that doesn't work because in the end we are ourselves, uh, but I, I had the sense yeah. that grief, that grief sort of wiped that out. You just needed to do what you needed to do for yourself, uh, whether it ha- made a problem or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, the chapter after the loss, you know, chapter five, goes into the funeral service. And the funeral service was exactly that, is ringing the bells, you know, just, uh, yes, you know, telling the world, the cosmos, okay, there, this spirit is leaving the planet, and, and it's in, the cos- in God's hands or whoever, you know, and, you know, yeah, you know, sort of like, help me out here, you know, sort of like, it, must, goes be, off the it must be done. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I really yeah. recognize that feeling uh, when when my wife died, which of course was so different because it was so prepared. Uh, okay. She'd been sick for a very long time. We'd talked about it. I can't tell you how many hours and hours and hours and hours. Um, but mm-hmm. there was a similar quality uh, of of kind of just doing what felt right. And and it was very, very powerful. I don't think I've ever felt so sure at moment by moment by moment what needed to happen. And so mm. I was I was remembering that while I read too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I be, We have before, we have um, just let me just say we have very little time left. So <laughs> I, Okay. Let me say I, I hope, that. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, just quickly that, you know, I was just rereading chapter four, and there was, 
you know, I, there was, when I found out that he was in the hospital, what have you, it, it was like I, I knew what to do, even though who knows what to do at, at that point in time. But there is exactly. something that takes over. Something that takes over, which I, which I considered to be supported in uh, by, by something larger than myself, for sure. So yeah. thank you very much, Carmen, for being here. I've, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you again for, for doing this. This has been wonderful. Absolutely. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Abre mi corazón.